Hi guys, I'm Coach Desi and this is Post Stop to Won't Stop. I'm a physician assistant who fell in love with bariatrics while working with a surgeon here in Florida. Finding ways to help my patients in their journey has always been my priority. I'm now a personal trainer who works with clients to help them reach their goals and stay on track after their surgery. Post Stop to Won't Stop was developed to allow patients a platform to share their stories and to help educate people on the process of weight loss through surgery. Let's listen to real people share their wins and losses and learn what really happens in the journey after surgery. Hey, 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 it's Coach Desi and welcome to my very first podcast, Post Stop to Won't Stop. Today, I have a very special guest, Miss Lisa Glover. She is amazing. I met her years ago when I worked in bariatric surgery as a physician assistant, and she just has just this amazing energy. And what she's done with her life since weight loss surgery is pretty incredible. So without further ado, I bring you the one, the only, Miss Lisa Glover. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well, but I am so excited to have you here today. And I, I let's just get into it. Tell us, tell us your story. Okay. Um, I am a bariatric um, bypass patient um, for close to nine, 10 years now. Um, I started with, um, I've always had a history of being overweight from a child. Um, I got to where I started having back issues. So I went into having a lap band and lap band surgery. And um, that was a nightmare. Um, through that surgery, I developed um, esophageal reflux and it was just not um, a good fit for me. So I went on and had the uh, gastric bypass surgery and um, that was very successful. I lost a total of 160 pounds altogether. I went on to open up my studio, uh, a cycle studio um, at Power Cycle and Fitness Studio in Riverview. And um, I have about 300 members um, and several members come from having gastric bypass surgery. And um, I speak to them about weight loss, about fitness. And um, it's just been fun. It's been exciting to hold challenges to even sometimes I go to the conferences, the, the gastric um, bypass patients, I go to the conference and speak to them. And um, still to this day, well now with COVID, of course we can't go out now, but I used to go and still speak to Dr. Fernandez and his crew um, and speak to some of the patients. And then he would actually come to the studio um, and train with me before and after surgery. And a couple of those patients have become real good friends of mine. Oh. And um, that's, that's where we are today, yeah. Got you. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned that you have always um, dealt with being overweight. What, what think triggered you to finally make the decision to have weight loss surgery? Oh, just dealing with uh, having a bad back. Um, I was in a car accident and uh, my back just wasn't getting, it just got worse. Um, I tried working out and I would love to run. I was running heavy, you know, I was, 300 pounds and I was still trying to run and I was just causing more damage um and then that's when I started um going to the gym and um then I said I have to do something I need to do something different I'm gonna have to do something drastic so then I've tried every pill there is out there I've tried every you know diet known to man and nothing seemed to work only temporary 
And the only thing that seemed to have stuck was the gastric bypass surgery. That's fantastic. And you've had no complications from, from the surgery? Not, not one. No, none, <laughs> none. Lisa, you talked about your experience running and lifting weights, but right now you're a spin instructor. I'd love to know what got you into that. Oh, well, I was at uh, working out on the treadmill, dying, and I saw some older ladies walking into the spin room, which I had no idea what it was, and I saw these little yellow bikes in there. And the same time that they were on in the spin room, I was on the treadmill. They walked out looking happy, and I was mad <laughs> when I got off the treadmill. And I was like, I'm done. I was like, I'm going to try what they're trying because they seem happy, and I'm not happy. And I've been, you know, I've been just going on this treadmill, and I'm not getting any results. And I kept seeing the same older ladies going into the spin room every time I got on the treadmill. So I said I was going to try it out, and I did, and I almost died, died twice. And, um, but I said, I'm not going to let this defeat me. So I would go and sit by those ladies. They, they had no idea. They didn't know that I was stalking them. And so I went and sat by them and um, they would do the whole hour. And I think I would only do like 15 minutes. Then I go back and I do 20 minutes. Then I challenge myself to do the whole class. And I ended up doing the whole class and I start, started really, I hated it at first. And then I started to love it. So then I became a member at, and uh, because the, the, the room at was really small and um, it could only hold so many people. So it was real popular. So it was still a pass. So I went up to fitness. They had a bigger room and I just loved it. So I decided to go and um, I wanted, I wanted to find out more about it. So I went to Miami, got certified. I knew nothing at all about, you know, the certification, how it worked or nothing, but spoke to a lady at, fitness and she told me you know go here you'll find out everything you need to know about it and I did just blindly and I came back and that same lady that I spoke to about getting certified she told me they weren't hiring then but I had had surgery in between that time so like 60 pounds later I went back to her and I said hey I said I still want that job and it was teaching spin that I knew nothing about and so she gave me the job and that same lady came on to leave with me for fitness to come to Power Cycle when I opened Power Cycle. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Ah, Lisa, you have an infectious personality. People can't help but be energized when they're around you. So I can see how people are drawn to you. So congrats on that, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have to ask you, did you find it frustrating before or after surgery um, going to the gym just from an environment or equipment perspective? Well, it was hard at first because I would only, because I guess, I don't know if it was my weight or just me being real self-conscious, I would just go right into that room and go right back out. I wouldn't walk around and look at any of the equipment or nothing because I just thought fitness was real big. It was very intimidating. So that's why it was important for me to get a uh, studio that was dark and, um, you know, kind of real compact so that people felt like, you know, that we were just like one big family. It wasn't this whole big old gaudy looking place that was big. Because spinning already is intimidating enough. Yeah. And then when you're in this big place, you got people doing all this other stuff. And it kind of just, you, you feel, as me being overweight, I used to feel very self-conscious at first. 
and um, seemed like I got my confidence once I lost weight, you know, once I started losing weight. Then I was able to hold my head up and speak to people, and then I wanted to start getting on a treadmill and stuff at fitness once I, I found myself that I lost the weight. You know, I felt more confident about myself. Yes. Now that I'm a personal trainer and I specialize in bariatrics, I do hear this a lot from my clients. There's a lot of frustration from walking into a gym and having images of people that don't look like them or remotely look like any part of their journey. They get frustrated because there's equipment that doesn't fit them appropriately. And that can be very disheartening and, and, and can be more damaging than I think people give credit for. Yeah. So I didn't know it was an issue until I went to Bush Gardens. That's when I found out that I really had an issue because I didn't realize having a double belt was norm wasn't normal. Got you. You know, the rides and getting on a plane. Yeah, because we couldn't fit. We would always have to get double um attachments right. to get on the ride. Even when I go get my nails done, I used to sit in the seat and my hips would just barely fit inside the seat. Now when I go I'm like, wow. Yes. You know, where before I had to squeeze in to get it in, I didn't realize that I was actually that heavy. Well, I definitely think that utilizing your experience has made your gym successful. I mean, without a doubt, I love that you used this and created a gym that was inclusive and you used your experience to create an environment that was more inviting. You, you now have, like you said, a family and that's where people feel safe and that's where change can happen. So let me ask you this, what do you say to someone who's considering weight loss surgery? Um, I would say, do your research, um, find out as much information as you can about it. I would stay off the negative blogs because that is, lots of times it deters people um, do your own research because other people will tell you everything, you know, because I did have a lot of people that say, no, don't do that. You're going to die. You know, but I had to do what I knew what was best for me. Yes. The outcome is so great. And everybody that's in there working on you when they do the surgery, they're professionals. They're not going to do anything that's going to kill you, you know, because that's what they say. Oh, well, you know, it's so dangerous. Well, everything is dangerous these days, but you have to just do your research with do your research with the doctor, do your research with the surgery, the aftercare. But I think a lot of times people go wrong with once they have a surgery, they think, oh, it's a magic pill. And then, you know, I don't have to work out. You have to work out. If not, you gain the weight back, you know, and I, you know, I know I fluctuate, you know, some as well, 10, 20 pounds easily if I stop working out. That's a good point um, because regain definitely can happen after weight loss surgery. I'm interested to hear what advice you would give to someone who's who's kind of gotten off track. What what advice would you give them? You'll be okay. Take a little walk. Start out walking um, and gradually pick it up. You know, more and more. You know, 30 minutes turn into 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and just get back on track to where you were, where you know that you can be because you've been there before. So, um, you know, just just try to remember the, what got you back to the bad part. So you want to get rid of that, you know, rather is, you know, just sitting on your couch. You don't have enough energy to get up. Just take little small walks, you know, um, you know, get a friend to go with you if you have to, you know, um, find a little small gym in your area, you know, and unless you just don't want to go to the gym, you want to walk, just take a walk. You know, walking at the park has been real nice lately. 
you know, um, and that's my advice. Find Power Cycle and Fitness Studio. That's another place you can definitely go oh. and feel a whole lot of love. <laughs> now, does Power Cycle and Fitness do anything virtual so people can access workouts from home? Yes, we do. How do they? Yes, you go on Mind Body. You can. You don't even have to be in Florida. You could be anywhere, Timbuktu, and you can still um, go on and see us. Um, you would go on the a Mind Body, a Mind Body, and just type in Power Cycle and Fitness Studio. Or you can do um, our Power Cycle and Fitness Studio app and you download it and look for the virtual classes and you click on that class, um, the time schedule, it'll send you an email and then you can look right on to the um, class and you can work out at home. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we will be sure to link that info so that you guys can get your ride on with Miss Lisa and Power Cycle and Fitness. Now I'm gonna switch gears a bit and I wanna ask you as a black female, Lisa, do you think there are special considerations for people of color when it comes to dealing with obesity? I think we, you know, and I have this conversation all the time because you know, 98% of the people at my studio is minorities. Um, it's our eating, our eating habits, are, you know, we eat collard green, neck bones, um, all that kind of stuff that, that's bad for you. And I don't think that we have the medical care. We don't have the insurance or we don't go to the doctor or we don't get our diabetes checked and um, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all that stuff goes unchecked because we don't have the, we don't have the um, insurance like other people do. You know, we don't have access to that information. We don't have access to that stuff because like I said, I knew nothing about spinning. When I started spinning, Desi, I didn't see anybody that looked like me spinning. Yeah. I didn't see not one person that looked like me. So when I got at LA Fitness, I drug us into my class with me. And I was like, come on. And they were like, what is this? You know, because it wasn't something that we as black people did. We didn't do this. So then even when I went to fitness and started teaching, they said, oh, no hip hop. And I said, no, watch this. And I changed the whole game of how we spin at fitness. Yeah. You know, and I created my own style. That's why you see there's a total different style of my teaching. It's not a regular spin class. It's a hip hop spin studio, you know, because that's what us as black people, we enjoy that, you know. So I bought something that, you know, I couldn't save my mother because she had diabetes. So I knew that I could save somebody with showing you how much fun it is. And it is, a lot of times we think that we don't have enough time. You know, so we don't put, you know, we're like, no, we always say that for last, but then you're going out to eat and you're eating the wrong foods and you're going home and you're going to sleep and you're not going to the doctor to get your, you know, what you need to get checked. And then we end up dying from, you know, diabetes, high cholesterol, diabetes, cancer, all of that stuff. Yes. You know, and I don't know why we don't, I mean, I, I wish I had an, a better answer, but I don't, I don't think that, you know, even with Obamacare, I still think a lot of us are not wanted and we need to be, you know, you know, and I don't, I don't think that they trust us enough to, I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know why, you know, I don't, I don't want to say lazy because it's not all lazy. I just think it's lack of information and lack of, um, um, I don't think a lot of stuff is, is as available to us. Um, Lisa and I talked about this before we recorded, and I shared with her the numbers from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Offices of Minority Health. I'm Native American, I'm Navajo, and 48.1% of 
of Native populations are dealing with obesity. And 49.7% of the African-American population. Um, so this is just crazy. Half of our populations is, are just suffering with obesity and obesity-related diseases. So it is really hitting our minority populations. And I think it's, it's I'll say it, I think it's an emergent problem. Um, and I think as you, Lisa, a spin instructor and, and fitness studio owner, and people like me, a personal trainer and, and in the health industry, I think we need to really think of ways that we can reach out to these special populations, these minority populations. I think we have to, as you've done at Power Fitness, um, create a sense of community, um, a connection. And I think that's so critical right now, especially with COVID, we need to be able to connect to our people and have to get them into a better health situation. Um, we are in a health crisis with obesity and now you have COVID on top of it that is hitting our obese populations more. And what are we seeing from that? We're seeing that these minority populations are getting hit hardest um, from COVID. So I think there's definitely a strong correlation there. Um, furthermore, I would say, yes, access to healthcare is huge. Trust in the healthcare is huge. I know in my community, um, there's definitely trust issues with the healthcare system. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Lack of information, lack of information leads to that lack of trust. Um, so it's, it's definitely something that we need to address ASAP. I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you a story real quick, and I thought about it when you asked me to do this, and I don't know if you even know it. Remember that day we went into the doctor's office, and I had gained all my weight back plus some, and my husband said to you, I don't want my wife to die, but remember, I couldn't even hardly breathe. I was, I was, I would have to sit standing, I would have to sleep sitting up because the, um, I had the gastric reflux so bad. And you had me to go right then to get an x-ray of my chest to see what was going on. And you, I said, you said, I'm going to have to remove the liquid out of your band. And I said, no, you're not. And you said, yes, I am. And I said, I don't want to gain back my weight back. And you told me, you said, you've already gained it back. So I didn't even realize that I had gained my weight back. And... I was upset with you because you were trying to, you were making me do what I needed to do to, so I did not die. And if it was not for you, I probably would have died because I was in such bad shape then. So it was nobody else but you because when I went before, they were like, oh, we'll just, we'll just release the, um, everything out of your band. But I still had a, the my the band was digging into my esophagus. Yes. So when I had it taken off, Doctor Fernandez said, "If you wouldn't have came a couple months later, you would no longer be here." Yeah, I didn't realize. So I thank you for saving my life. No, you didn't, because I never told that story, and I'm about to cry. But I remember it because he told me he said, "This is bad. Your band has damaged your esophagus so bad." Mm. So that I needed to tell whoever referred me <laughs> to get this done. Thank you. And that is you. So I have to say thank you for that because without you caring enough to say, stop, no, we're not feeling you again. We're not going to do this. And I was so, you don't remember, I was so angry with you. 
Because I was like, I want you to fill my bed. He was like, no, absolutely not. You need to go and get an x-ray because something's going on with your chest. And had I not done that, I probably wouldn't even be here. Wow. Wow, Lisa. You know, let, let me clue in the listeners. For those who don't know, Lisa had a lap band placed initially. And this particular moment that she's talking about, she had just, she wasn't able to eat or drink. Things were just coming back up. And um, I had to release her. I was concerned about her having something called a band slippage. Um, when you place a lap band, it goes into uh, around the stomach at the upper portion where the tissue is thinner. But over time and, and through different things that can happen, the portion of stomach that's below the band can push through the band and up and into the upper part of the, the stomach where it should not be. When this happens, it can strangulate the stomach tissue and cause a perforation or a hole in the stomach, which is an emergent problem and can ultimately lead to um, very serious uh, medical illnesses and ailments as, along with you know, ultimately death. Um, and so this was my concern for Lisa when I had seen her in the office. And um, so Lisa, I, can, I will tell you, there are very few times in my career that I remember a day like that day. Um, what I remember, and I, I don't specifically remember that conversation between us, is I just remember the sense of urgency um, to help you. I mean, time felt like it stopped. I mean, I would have sat there for hours to convince you because that's how dire I felt the problem was. Um, the, the person, the human in me just wanted to hold you and let you cry. I knew how upset and terrified you were, or, and you must have been just uh, de defeated, really. Um, the practitioner in me was like, listen, we got to get this, we got to get this taken care of. Um, and, and it's my job as a practitioner to keep you safe. Um, and, and it's an oath that we all take when we go through medicine. Um, then you add on the pressure of your husband. I mean, Calvin, I mean, it was just a very emotional moment. Um, it's definitely tough, but uh, you're on that side of helping people now in their journey. So you know what that feels like and the obligation you have to help somebody else when you're in that role. But that's why this interview is so, so special to me because you, Lisa, you are so special to me. Thank you. So uh, Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you that in person because I didn't want to cry. I did not want to cry. I can cry when I'm not in person because I got to be tough. <laughs> But it's totally different now, though. I mean, I know that it was for my, it, it was definitely for my good, because if not, I wouldn't be here, you know. And I was so angry because I wanted, you know, Dr. T wasn't there, so you were the only one there. I mean, I remember it like if it was yesterday, yes. you know, and you, it just showed me how much you care about your patient, you know, and yeah. how you care for people, That's you it. know, and even, it, even, hmm? We need kindness in hmm? the Way more kind. Right. Right. Yeah. It was no, it was not even about a copay or nothing. It was about, look, girl, you have to go and get this taken care of right now. Yes. You know, and I wanted to fight you to the end and I couldn't, I couldn't cause I, I don't even think I had the energy cause I was so weak. I was just, I wasn't, um, I wasn't even, I wasn't feeling well. 
Well, ultimately, you had that band removed, and thankfully, you had a Rowan-Y gastric bypass surgery, which has been extremely successful. But um, do you talk to your clients about weight loss surgery? We have, like, we have patients, we have clients now at the studio, and I don't approach everybody about surgery, but everybody knows that I had surgery. You know, I mean, you know, you get a lot of new people in there, and I, I, I make sure that I always, I try to mention it. So that they don't know that they can come here and oh she I remember she was heavy but she was like this because I don't want to give them a misconception that you can come here and work out and look like this at you know in, in an instant because you can't but I always like to throw it out there I am a gastric bypass patient you know and some of the people that are, are heavy I'll say you know so if if this is too much for you 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 know there's always another tool out there there's always something else that you can do you know, that works perfect. It did for me, you know, like that. But and then I have a girl that was, she's like 390 pounds. I talked to her about it and she's like, no, Lisa, I thought about it, but no, I'm good. And I was like, no, you're not good. And she said, yes, I'm good. And I said, no, your ankles are hurting. You're swollen. They're really, really big. And so she just said, I'm going to think about it. And over the break, over COVID, she messaged me. She said, guess what I did? I said, thank you, Jesus. Aww. I said, thank you. You know, she said, I was angry with you at first, but I said, yeah, I, I get that sometimes, but it's, it's out of love, though. Yes. That's it. You know, I want to save people. You know, I wanted to save her. You know? And you probably did. And I did. Yeah, now she's down. She had her surgery, what, two, three, four, three months ago now? And she's down... 75 almost 80 pounds oh my goodness wow but she was really really yeah her she's scared because she said I think I'm losing too much weight I said no you're doing it right because you're in the gym so she's working out yeah but she looks really really good well this is what I have to say to you this journey you've been on has allowed you to give back you are such a light to so many people they can look to you because you've been through it you have had your highs and you've certainly had your lows, but you're using what you've learned in your journey to help others, to be healthy and to service all your members at Power Cycle and Fitness. And on that, let me say, everyone get that app right now, Power Cycle and Fitness, and make sure you go and get riding with Lisa, all right? Sis, I'm so proud of you. Know that there is no limit to what you can do. Keep out there, keep doing your thing, and you know I'm always gonna be your biggest cheerleader. Take care and thank you so much for joining me on my first podcast. Mwah. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you all for listening. I hope you loved this episode as much as I did. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review because I wanna hear from you guys. Let me know what you thought of this episode and any ideas you'd like to hear more about. Keep in touch through social via Facebook or Instagram at Coach Desi and subscribe to my newsletter at CoachDesi.com. Remember, your journey is still being written.